0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to On Fire Agape Radio Welcome back My name is Brian Bettsworth I'm the Director of Public Relations For On Fire Agape Ministries Incorporated And with me once again Is Reverend Dr. Samuel Dungu Of course, you can always visit us On the World Wide Web At our website is located at www.onfireagapeministries.org ministries.org. Also, you can write to us at onfireagape at minister.com. And in case you haven't found out yet, we're also on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> on Fire Agape is on Twitter and you can follow us there. Just go to Twitter.com forward slash onfireagape. And some other big news. We just recently started a YouTube channel. So you can now find On Fire Agape Ministries on YouTube. That would be youtube.com forward slash onfireagape. And we're going to be posting some videos. Actually, we have posted some videos there already. We'll talk about some of those in a moment. If you would like to write to us, uh, send us a check or just say hi. You can also get in touch with us by snail mail at On Fire Agape Ministries, P.O. Box 411 in Myerstown, Pennsylvania, Zip code 17067. And for all of our uh, wonderful listeners worldwide, uh, you want to put USA on that well. Amen. On Fire Agape Ministries is committed to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ in any and every way possible. In keeping with that mission, we would like to share our media outlets with Christians, preachers and teachers. On Fire Agape Ministries is happy to present the good news of Jesus Christ now. Well first, the Old Testament Scripture that we read a short time ago talked about dry bones, dead dry bones. Can they live? God asked Ezekiel. Well, there's an old song, an old spiritual, that you may have heard. Just part of it goes, Dem bones, dem bones, dem, dry bones, dem bones, them bones, dem, dry bones, dem them bones, dem them bones, them bones, them bones, them bones, them, dry bones, now hear the word of the Lord. Sing it with me now. Dem bones, them bones, them, dry bones, them bones, them bones, them, dry bones, dem bones, them bones, them, dry bones now. Hear the word of the Lord. Damn bones. Thousands and thousands of them bones were in Ezekiel's vision. The vision that we read about in the Old Testament scripture today. And I wonder about what Ezekiel must have been thinking is as God told them to prophesy to these bones. Thousands, if not millions, of dry bones lying around. You know, sometimes preachers know exactly how he feels and what I must have been thinking as we stand up here on Sunday mornings to preach. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, the bones in our chairs actually have life and breath. I I realize that. But on Sunday mornings, sometimes it's hard to see it. Amen? (laughs) I mean, we come to church tired and thinking about everything else that we have to do. Not only today, but what's coming in the upcoming week. And we come to church often distracted, thinking about all the problems of our lives and what we have to do to solve them. We come to church oftentimes because it's the thing to do, we figure, and not always because we're here to worship God and to praise Him. Because after all, God gives us 168 hours every week. And we often find it tough to give him back one or two of those. What's up with that? Well, our world is changing. And we're living in a time where Christianity is being pushed to the back burner. You know, it's a time really that's not so different from the Old Testament times that we read about with Ezekiel. It was really bad for the Jews and Israel back then as well as the original Christians that we read about in Acts. But God brought hope to the people of the world. He brought hope to the people of the Old Testament with a promised Messiah, and hope to the New Testament people of the given Messiah in Jesus Christ. Well, Ezekiel is faced with a seemingly hopeless situation here. God physically picks them up and carries them out to a valley full of dry bones. It was probably the scene of some great battle of years gone by. And he asks a very interesting question of Ezekiel. He says, Son of man, can these bones live? Well, Ezekiel looks out over this carnage there. Bones are lying everywhere. And I doubt very seriously if they were all neatly and nicely arranged. They'd probably been ravaged over the years by wild animals, torn apart by, Lord knows what, lions and bears and vultures and such, and they'd been exposed in the elements out in the sun for a number of years, most likely. And probably all these bones from different people were scattered everywhere. And this was really a disgrace to Jewish people in particular, because the body of a dead Jew was to be washed, wrapped, and buried with dignity in a grave or a tomb. And here these bodies were left on the battlefield to become food for the vultures and to eat and to be objects just out in the scorching sun. So Ezekiel, I'm sure, was thinking about all these things and he pondered his answer. And of course, if it had been anyone else talking to him other than God, the, the answer would have been obvious. Ezekiel's first thought was probably what yours and mine would have been. Are you kidding me? These bones have been laying here for years. What do you mean, can't they live? Then Ezekiel remembers who it is he's speaking to. The one who has brought the Israelites out of exile and done many miraculous things. He knows that with God, all things are possible. Prior to this day, Ezekiel had told the people the Lord's promise to restore the land and regenerate his people. What about the nation itself? It was a nation divided. It was Israel here and Judah there. They were two separate kingdoms who were fighting. Could Israel and Judah ever be restored? Well, not immediately. But Ezekiel wasn't looking for immediate restoration. He was looking far down to the road when the age of the Messiah would come and return and claim his people. He knew this. He heard this from God. Well, it's like us today. We live in a nation divided. We've become the epitome of dry bones in this country, unfortunately. So I ask you, can these bones live? From the human standpoint, no. But but from God's point of view, yes, they can live. But they and we cannot do it alone. The bones can come alive again through the word of God, and that's what we have to help people see and understand. God explains what he's talking about to Ezekiel when he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So therefore therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it declares the Lord well then as we read suddenly the bones came together and then sinew and flesh grew all over them and they became human bodies and then all that was missing from them was the breath and life of God so Ezekiel prophesied some more and God blew breath into the nostrils of each of the sets of bones just like he did when he breathed the first time into Adam's nose all it takes is a little bit of God's breath and anything can come to life. Well, the Hebrew word that's translated as breath here is actually ruach. And it means wind or breath, spirit or the spirit. And just as Ezekiel saw ruach breathe into the dry bones and saw them come to life, so the Holy Spirit, through Pentecost, has been sent by Jesus to breathe new life into our lives and into this country. See, there is hope for us and there's hope for the current church. We just have to let God breathe His life into us. And that's not easy to do when there are more empty seats in worship than there are full. When there are so few attending and so many small congregations and we see it all around us. You know, I know that Many people who look around at us wonder why we're even still bothering to gather our bones together. And you probably hear it from other people who just don't understand what we're doing. I know it's a fact that most people today just aren't excited about the church. I'm not quite sure why that is, but if you know, please, you know, let's talk about it. Why is it that so many of us, so many people in our society especially, have turned away from honoring God and and from taking care of each other? God has something exciting for us to share, to share with Him and to share with each other. It's just like He showed the early Christians on the first day of Pentecost. God knew that those Christians were passionate believers who would go to nearly any length to share the good news. So after Jesus ascended, following his resurrection that we talked about last week, he breathed down tongues of fire upon them and filled them with his Holy Spirit to begin regenerating and reviving his people, Israel and his church. So I have to wonder what God thinks of us in our churches as we get so few of our members attending on a semi-regular basis with even fewer attending every week. Well, the truth is, you know, your employer probably wouldn't be in business for very long if they had statistics like that. Amen? I mean, I would bet that a good portion of the employees wouldn't have jobs either, the kind of attendance we we see in church. And we wonder why churches are going downhill. Well, take a look at, at your own life. Take a look at the lives of your brothers and sisters, sitting around you, in the lives of people who, who don't show up. We are the reason that there are dry bones polluting the earth. We don't spread the good news enough. So God doesn't breathe his tongues of revival fire into and among us. You know, I'll admit it, I'll admit it, it's partly my fault. But it's not just the pastor's responsibility to go out into the world and do something. It's the responsibility of all God's people, all Christians. It's what we're commanded and need to be committed to do. So today is Pentecost, and it's the birthday of the church. Happy birthday, church. (laughs) It is. Did you know that? Pentecost was the first day of the actual Christian church. But who around us really cares? Did anybody bring a birthday present for the church today? Really just kidding, but just wanted to make a point that, yeah, today is is the church's birthday. And the truth is, most people are not all that excited about this being the birthday of the church. Maybe we don't realize it. So I wanted to bring that up and, and say it like it is. I know a few who are excited about it because it means they really get to be a part of God's family. And we talk about that and we share that here during service. But for, as for the rest of us, you know, are we excited that today is the birthday of the church? Go out and tell somebody that. It was the Christian church's birthday this week. Pentecost, that's what it is. One good thing about birthdays is that they give us an opportunity to, to look at things anew, to begin like a new year afresh, to ask God to send the power of the Holy Spirit to watch over us and guide us so that we can make a difference in this world. So as we celebrate the birthday of the church today, let's take a quick look at Pentecost a little more closely. First we'll talk about what Pentecost means. Pentecost symbolizes the church, the beginning of God's harvest for souls in the world. And this is a fulfillment of God's promise that we heard about in Joel to pour out his spirit on all his people in the end times. Joel says, that the Spirit will be poured out on both men and women. And He tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not everybody knows that or, or believes it. This promise was not only fulfilled during the first day of Pentecost, that promise continues for us every day. So, Pentecost was the beginning of the church. But what is the church? Church is the building we're worshiping in, right? No? I know the church is the place where we go on Sunday morning to take a nap, right? <laughs> I'm somewhat kidding, but it does remind me of a joke I, I recently heard from a friend. So a Sunday school teacher asked the children, just before she dismissed them, to go to church, why is it necessary to be quiet in church? Well, one of the little girls named Annie replied, Because people are sleeping. (laughs) I've been there. I've seen it. The the church isn't any of these things. The church is you. The church is me. The church is all of us working together for God. The church is not just in this building. The church is not just in Northumberland County in, in Pennsylvania or the United States. The church is all around the world. The church includes all who follow Jesus. The primary purpose of the church Is to draw people in And let them experience for themselves The transforming power of God's love A church faithful to Jesus Christ Is a church that faithfully resists Staying within their four walls We kind of get wrapped up in our own individual churches Trying to keep it going And we forget that the global church Extends outside the doors Every year, we're closing more and more churches around us because because they're dying. They're dying because they don't open their doors to the neighbors or anyone who doesn't fit the stereotypical profile of the current church. Most of these churches were thriving in their heyday, but we've forgotten our purpose, which is to love one another and to work together, and not just for our satisfaction but for the glory of God. Amen. We need to focus on people and on drawing them into the church. One thing we're going to be doing along those lines is the vacation Bible school that we talked about earlier. That's going to be great. I applaud the fact that a, such a small church as we are right now is going to be reaching out to the kids in the neighborhoods here. That's great. In order to do that, to draw people in from outside, we need to look for the help of the Holy Spirit, and that's the second part of Pentecost, because on that first Pentecost, the people were gathered together, and we read about the violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, you know, wonder what they must have been thinking, they probably weren't expecting it, and that wind was wild enough, but on top of that, tongues of fire came down and danced on their heads, it says. Okay? Go ahead. Look at the person next to you and think about tongues of fire dancing on his or her head. <laughs> It'll probably look pretty funny, huh? Amen? You know, it'd be a funny picture, but then then it says the people began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, I've witnessed people speaking in tongues in different churches. And in some cases, I believe that it was authentically genuine. I've heard the Spirit talk to me, as I'm sure many of you have. It can be scary. It can be scary when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And sometimes that's because it makes us feel that we're out of control. We don't understand what's happening. I I heard the Spirit talk to me a few years ago, And that has brought me to where I am today, following my call to ministry. I gave my whole life to God, and I'm trying to keep committed to do that. It took me some time to answer God's call, but the Spirit is persistent, continued to speak to me, and He continues to speak to us. We just need to stop and listen, and then take action. Do you remember hearing stories right after September 11, 2001 about people who had survived the tragedy because they were stuck in traffic or because they wanted to go see their child off to school or they made some last-minute change of plans and didn't get there when it happened? Why did such things happen to certain people on that day, I wonder? God speaks to us in mysterious ways. And I now try to look at Being late for something sometimes is a blessing from God. (laughs) You never know what may happen. Maybe I avoided an accident on my way to work, to class, to meeting. That's why I couldn't seem to get things together in time to get to be there. But if the day of Pentecost had not happened, the Holy Spirit would not be here intervening in our lives. Yes, the Spirit works in mysterious ways, and we have to make an effort to recognize it often. So on this day, the birthday of the church, we need to refocus our attention to our true purpose, and that is to be a church united in the world with others who follow Jesus, to help people learn what it really means to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. So we need to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to make a commitment to Christ in our lives. Again, not only for our own sake, but also for the people who are lost and for the glory of God. So let's get excited about the Word of God. It has power and about inviting people to share it with us so that God may once again bring down tongues of fire and bring the dry bones all around us back to life. Amen? Amen. Happy birthday, church.